where nostalgia and wonder abound. Folks flock together, admiring the mighty, the marvelous, the super. Have you pondered how to begin your wanderings of the nerd realms? Well, hot dame. Welcome to the Dame Patrol. Your vigilant Mrs. Three are here delivering the news, cues, and reviews from across the geek world. Get a move on, gals. Your vigil has begun. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of The Dame Patrol. We are booking down because this is some super, super special content. But before we get to that super, super special content, my name is Amy, and I'm passing it across the table today because I get distracted and I can't remember which way I'm going. Mm -hmm. To thy... Hello, I'm Erminia, also known as Minnie, your strongest dame here on this X true content for you guys <laughs> and across from me right next to me i have uh stephanie you may know me as the most knowledgeable dame and what are we we have some more extra content i teased this a couple episodes ago and i'm so excited to mm-hmm. finally unveil it to you guys but, sh- but i know no i'm getting ahead of myself you are because okay. it's it's we have we have succumbed to the madness it is march and there is so much going on that we want to share our cornucopia, if you will, of mm-hmm. delightful treats and tidbits for this beautiful, maddening month. <laughs> but before we even get to that, I really need to, like, we should have this talk about our sponsors, right? Oh, yes, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Joining us in the madness, of course, not here, but here in spirit always, is our Uncle Ben. You can find him at 1120 Fulton Avenue. Sweet K. Empire's Comics Vault. You come down to Sacramento, you get the hugs, the pugs, the comic books, the hot sauce, the shenanigans. It's all there and more. But if you need to get your scent on, get your scent on. Mm-hmm. I almost said like centaur, but I'm having problems. <laughs> it's okay. You could sometimes also get your centaur there, depending. We've got Cool and Ink Alchemy on the Etsy's. You can look them up on Google. You can look them up on Etsy. They will pop up immediately. They are here to give you all kinds of fun scents based around fandoms and based around character archetypes from D&D games, which might be relevant to what we're talking about today. Who knows? But Cool and Ink Alchemy, you get these cool scents. It is 15% off your purchase if you use the code HOTDAME. HOTDAME. Yeah. (laughs) So our madness has ensued, but our extra content this month is not even this month. We got a whole month of extra content. Yeah, Yeah, we were kind of looking over like all the stuff we wanted to do. And we're like, wow, we have content coming up for every week if everything goes according to plan. And it will. We will make it according to Kikaku. (laughs) I was going to make that joke, but I was like, should I? And then you went with it. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad someone did it. We're the the dames of March. So we are the dames dames of of March. March. Hot dame. That is a, that is a hot damon mess. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, most knowledgeable dame. Oh, goodness. So I was really fortunate enough to uh, get an interview with Christina Steen Stewart, mm-hmm. who is the editor, 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 oh my gosh, I'm sorry, editor for Rolled and Told, which is a D&D module comic that comes out every single month and we talk about the february issue we talk about Mm -hmm. upcoming plans we also talk about um you know intersectionality and creative like uh creative spaces and giving a voice to other other women and other nerds and other people who might not have a platform and just 
you know, uplifting new creators. And it was really great to talk about. Well, that's one of those great things that you got to get, give credit to dames for doing. Because, I mean, yes. gals mm -hmm. in all kinds of fandom spaces and nerd things have done this for years. It's true. Years and years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it was also kind of cool because there were parts where it was just... uh Kind of, we were in the same roles at similar times. Of course, I'm not an editor at a comic book company, but like, <laughs> you know, there was the whole, uh, she was also a Valkyrie at one point. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive right into this interview and I'm so excited and I hope you guys really enjoy it as well because it was really fun to do. So my first question is, what got you interested in storytelling through comics? Oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> um... I mean, I've always been interested in comics um, since, gosh, since I lived back in Detroit when I was like in the single digits. So like, I'm talking <laughs> like eight, nine years old. Aww. And uh, it was always um, like a family event to watch um, like Batman, the animated series and Justice League and all of those DC animated shows at the time. Um, and those are what really got me into the universe. And I didn't actually start reading comics, um, like regularly, like going to a shop, um, until like maybe 2010, 2011. Um, so, and I, uh, I had always just read like graphic novels, but around 2010 is when I started, or maybe 2008 actually. Yeah is when I actually started getting into uh, single-issue comics. Um, and it, I always had an interest in art as well. Um, I wanted to do um, children's books, actually. Uh, here, actually, one second. My cat just opened up the door. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> I have care. a cat, too, and she's very needy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, oh, it's all good. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So I'd always been interested in art and I went to school for art and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it. But it wasn't until I started working at a comic shop in 2011 where I started considering the idea of actually doing comics myself mm -hmm. and like as a profession or a career. Um, it, it, I don't know, it just never really occurred to me just because I never really saw anyone else that looked like me that was doing it. Yeah, I think so. it's hard to realize that there's people behind those until you get early, like that yeah. actually making the comics. And then there's also that barrier to see people like you too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it never really occurred as like an actual job that I could do. Mm -hmm. And I think it wasn't until... I saw um, there was a single issue series for Samurai Jack back in like 2012 mm -hmm. um, and it was illustrated by Brittany Williams and I was like wait a second I think I know that name and I'm pretty sure that is like the black creator that I've been following online for like a few years. Oh that's cool. So, yeah so like when I went online I was like oh my god it like it was only until I saw their name on that comic where I was like, maybe I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, like seeing someone like you is a really big inspiration and also kind of can help uh, spark something. So that's really yeah. like 
kind of cool. Also, a lot of your, uh, like the stuff that inspired you just sounds really familiar because that was also, uh, I worked in a comic book shop around that time and Mm -hmm. then also uh, just Batman and Justice League. So I was like, this is really familiar. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is one of the most familiar things for a lot of people just because the the access to that was so easy. Oh, yeah, you know, like Cartoon just, Network or like uh, Saturday morning cartoons and all that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why it was so interesting when people would always ask me when I was younger, like, do you like superheroes and comics and stuff? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. I, and I would only ever think of the animated TV shows. I never even thought to go into a comic shop until a friend of mine in college, he was like, I really want to start getting into comics. I found a comic shop that maybe we can go to. And we went together and it was like, how come I've never done this before? <laughs> I guess I, I didn't have any like friends or family that ever did it. So it, it never crossed my mind. And after getting really into comics around 2008, 2009, I was like, oh, this is not good. I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how like, you never really know where things are going to take you until someone else is there already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always a first, but there's always, it's always great to see how that creates a domino effect and kind of inspires more and more people. And like, we have a totally different, like comic, I guess, lineup than we did even 10 years ago with how many new creators there are. So true. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of covered part of my second question, but I like kind of the way those flowed together. So I'm really happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one thing I noticed is that you did uh, archival quality uh, with Oni Press. So my next question was, what led you to Lionforge? Okay, so I actually got my book deal with Oni before I started working at Lionforge. Mm-hmm. So I was, I had met Ivy Noel Weir, my creative partner through the Valkyries, which was the uh, Facebook group for women who worked in comics retail. And we just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and she asked if she wa- wanted to do, um, you know, a webcomic with her. And I was like, absolutely. I've been looking for a chance to do something a little more long form. Um, Cause at that time I was only doing like, illustrations and like short comics and whatnot and when she asked about the webcomic we both saw that Oni was also doing open submissions for the first time and we were thinking well I mean we might as well give it a try because even if we don't get in we're still going to put it online anyway so we really have literally nothing to lose um I think that's a really good way to think of that because I think a lot of people are really scared of that initial no, but I mean, it really paid off. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I think they got like 600 submissions and they only chose eight out of those submissions and we were one of those eight. Yeah. So it was pretty incredible. I mean, I look back on like our first pitch packet and I'm like, oh my God, how did this get chosen? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that was like three years ago. But uh, yeah, so I was currently working on my book with Oni, uh, and I was working as a librarian at the time, and same for Ivy. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I was looking to get into a different field just because librarianship doesn't pay very much. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. And uh, that's when I applied to be the social media and community manager for, for Lionforge. And I had known Lionforge for a while because, you know, I live in St. Louis. And when the founder started the company, of course, I knew about it. I was working at a comic shop then. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Um, I know the, the guy, he comes in, I like selling comics sometimes, like I know who Lionforge is, but it wasn't until I was actually looking for other avenues that I decided to give Lionforge a try and actually work there, but they were starting a whole new um, business model, really, because they had started off doing digital comics only, okay. and then they were like, well, that didn't pan out <laughs> as well as we thought it was going to, <laughs> which, hey, that's what happens, uh, and then they ended up becoming a smaller publisher underneath IDW mm -hmm. and then uh, deciding that they wanted to be their own full-fledged publisher away from any other publisher. So at that moment when they were trying to separate themselves and create their own, that's when I was hired. Okay. So you kind of came in uh, at this moment in flux too. Was that scary yeah. in some ways? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I don't know, I mean, I, I've been in the comics industry in a multitude of ways as a creator, as a retailer, as a librarian. And so to get into it as a publisher, I was excited to give that other avenue a try. But it was also like, what is actually going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is completely new, not just to me, but to everyone in the company. And uh, it's it was really cool to be able to to be a part of a group that created something like Lion Forge. Yeah, I mean, you basically helped in setting the foundation for what the company is now, which is yeah. really cool. Uh, like, I appreciate a lot of the stuff that the, they're trying to do, which is uh, yeah. like a lot of diversity and especially with Rolled and Told showing the more diverse like aspects of the tabletop community. Yeah, and so that one was really interesting. So I, I started at Lion for just social media and community management, but mm -hmm. I uh, what was really cool about Lion Forge is that when we were a smaller company, so many of us were, oh my God, sorry, my cat again. <laughs> sorry. <Okay. laughs> Cat's going to be a cat. Okay. Uh, what were they talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, you were saying okay. the they were smaller community-wise. Yes, wise. When, when we were smaller, I they encouraged other people from other departments to be a part of the acquisitions part process, mm -hmm. just because it's always good to have several eyes on what's being brought in to the company. Mm -hmm. And it was really uh, encouraging that they looked to me to also take a look at some of the things that were coming in. And I think my notes on different titles and uh, being able to actually see things from different vantage points is what it got them to see that I could be a, a good editor. Oh. Uh, and when I started editorial, Roll and Toll was actually my very first project. And what's Funny about that is that there wasn't a whole lot of direction. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, making it up as you go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the basics were 
it was going to be a monthly series mm-hmm. where adventure modules would be in it, art would be in it, 64 pages. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, so not even the whole article either. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're okay. like maybe articles as well. And so I was like, okay, cool. So adventures, articles, art. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the rest. So, it's like the draw the owl instruction where then it's yeah. like draw the circle, <laughs> draw the rest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that in between was probably where I got most of my education about <laughs> uh, editorial and tabletop role playing games, honestly, because I, I played some tabletop games. You know, I played mm-hmm. Mage, The Ascension. I played some Dungeons and Dragons. Um Starfinder. Um, so like I had a pretty good idea of the landscape of the tabletop industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting into actually making modules, that was probably the hardest part. So thankfully we have a, a, a game designer on staff, E.L. Thomas is who he's credited as, um, but his name's Eric. And he's great. I mean, like he is a great game designer and storyteller and having him on board to help edit these modules uh, is really um, an awesome thing to have. Uh, but yeah, we had to figure it out kind of from nothing. Mm-hmm. And so since I was like, well, since I'm going to be taking charge on this, I'm going to do something that I feel very strongly about. And I feel strongly about giving people the opportunity to get into an industry where they would have not otherwise had an option to do so. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the writers and artists and contributors to Rolled and Told, some of them are people that we all know and, ha- and uh, are familiar with, but others, they're, they're new. They haven't done um, any publishing before, or they haven't done work made for hire before. And that is what kind of pushes me in no matter what job I'm doing, whether it's retail, librarianship, whatever, I want to make sure that the opportunity is there and I want to make sure that when people look at the work that, you know, comes from my hands, that it's representative of what you see around you, you know, um, the type of people that play tabletop games is varied and wide and it should reflect that in the magazine. And I feel like it does in, in different styles of art and and different types of people who are writing Um, pretty much as long as you know how to write a 5e module or take direction well you know you're good yeah no and I think that that comes through uh in the work just with uh like all those things uh like with the you're getting these fresh new takes it's not some of the things that you're hearing in other um i guess D D sort of uh advice uh like articles that you might find because mm-hmm. i feel sometimes there is can be an echo chamber if you're not letting more people like speak their mind or you're staying oh. with the, the old guard sort of way of thinking You're totally right. I mean, I was looking at, well, I think that's also one of the best parts of of me and Eric working together is that Eric has been playing uh, tabletop games for years, decades. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, have not. So, uh, and because it's my job, I don't tend to do it outside of work. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's, that's fair. How it is. <laughs> um, but because of that, I feel like I am more open to seeing and hearing from different viewpoints. And I get to hear from him if that's something that he has not seen before or is happy or excited to see something new, you know? Mm -hmm. There was something that he was saying that he finds that a lot of women uh, dungeon masters have stories that are just so layered and mm -hmm. so exciting to him that it's just like, it's, it's fun to be able to like give those opportunities, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's like he had only ever played with other dudes. Yeah. And so <laughs> like to have that opportunity to see from other people's points of view is exciting for him. And it's exciting for me too, because it's like, I don't know a ton of people. Well, actually it's like, I thought I didn't know a ton of people that, that play tabletop, but then you, you bring it up and they're like, Oh yeah, I do play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel uh -huh. it's something a lot of people used to put on uh, like as a, I do it, but you don't really talk about it. But in recent Hi. years, it's kind of become more accepted and even like celebrated in many mm -hmm. ways. Like there are after school programs that now uh, encourage kids to play D and D, which it's come so far now. <laughs> I know it's it's wild to think about. And then like uh, one of our contributors, Jen Vaughn, she does uh, D twenty Dames. And she is always talking about all the different kind of programs and, and school-focused Dungeons and Dragons uh, programming that she is a part of where she lives. And it's just like, that's so cool that that's an option for people, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really want that, like, that's one of the things that I like about Rolled and Told as well, is that you can pick up an issue and you can just drop it into your campaign. It's like really nice and simple. I mean, it still does require you to to look at some of the core rule books, but we want to make sure that it's legible enough for novices so that they could take what we're doing and still make it their own without having to know a whole lot about the rule sets, you know? Yeah. And I think... Uh, that's one of the things that drew me to it was when I got the free issue that you guys put out, which was the uh, like a, uh, like experienced adventures having this basement dungeon like one hour oh, campaign. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, and it's just uh, that just was great because it's like you have the maps there, you have the characters, but it's still something that like you know works. And you can adjust it and still make it your own or put your own characters in. But there's enough there for new DMs or mm -hmm. dungeon masters to deal with, which I think is great because it's very um, scary when you're running your own game. Oh, yeah. You don't know, like, where to begin mm -hmm. because there's so much of it, which is why I like all the different kinds of articles that we put in there. Because some of them are pretty straight to the point of, like, well, here's how to run a game um, if you've never done it before, like how to run your very first game. But then there are some in there where there's one coming out in issue 10 or 11, um, how to run like a, a massive multiplayer tabletop game. Oh, so wow. like if you're running several campaigns simultaneously and then having event meetups where all of those different campaigns finally come together. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Like I would never do that. That sounds so much work but like 
if you want, you now have a, a an entryway to it, you know? Um, but then it's also cool to get, like, weird articles. Like, there's one that is um, dungeon, oh, uh, DMing and spirituality and how oh. um, it matches up with, like, uh, seances and mm-hmm. trying to um, reach the other side. I mean, it's, like, super high-concept stuff. But uh, I feel like it's interesting for for everyone, whether you're um, currently running a game or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also appreciate that there's a in the February issue, you guys have an article on what to do with romances within the game. Oh my god! Because I think yeah. that's very important because they can be fun when done uh, with respect to everyone at the table. Because mm-hmm. not everyone understands what that means. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I believe that one was written by Joseph Carricker Jr. Um, and let me tell you, that article is incredible. Like... I can't wait. I'm so excited for the that issue too. Because uh, like doing uh, just all these Valentines inspired, but also very mm-hmm. much D and D and dark is just kind of really cool that that's the direction that you guys went with that. Yeah, both of them are, are, are really great adventures. Um, but what's cool also, I want to talk about that article again. This isn't giving away too much, but he does relate what he's writing back to Gail Simone's Women in Refrigerators. Oh. And how you shouldn't uh, put romance in for romance's sake. Mm-hmm. And also how women, or really anyone, uh, should all be three-dimensional characters with reasons behind everything and not just to move mm-hmm. the story forward. And that works not just in comics, but in gaming as well. And that's it was really cool to see him bring that up because I really wanted you know, gaming and comics to come together in this magazine. And it super, super did in that issue's article. That's cool. I'm really looking forward to that. And also, I feel that's kind of something like people would not have thought of when just talking about that topic, but it's super relevant and important too. Yeah. You want your NPCs to be, I don't know there. I get that they're non-player characters, but they are still characters, you know, how you treat those characters matters just as much as how you treat your players. That's true. Cause there is like, a reflection of if you're treating these NPCs in a certain way it does and it continues to happen it does kind of put a I guess what's the right word like a flavor that can be not too great to what you guys are doing to the campaign I suppose if it's like oh we introduce this lady character and then she keeps like or, or well like and every time we have another one, then they're the ones that get kidnapped, then that doesn't really <laughs> speak too well to how you perceive them. No, not at all. And when you're playing a game with a, a, a game master or a dungeon master, you want to make sure that they're as respectful as possible, you know, because you want your players to feel comfortable coming back to the, to the, to the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's nice. I, I that's one of the exciting things about World Untold as well is 
the different kinds of articles that I get make it, they, it shows that there's so much that goes into the gaming world that you don't immediately think of, mm-hmm. you know, like respect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that feels about- like it would be easy, but a lot of people don't even consider yeah. it. And it's super important to creating that fun and uh, that environment that you want to keep going back to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's a game for everybody. That's another thing I try and tell, like, um, my writers who are writing the the modules. Mm -hmm. When you're doing the uh, DM notes, make sure you're writing it so that this is for another DM and you're not treating the reader as the audience. Because in gaming, everyone is participating no one is an audience. You, you shouldn't be like, you're, I mean, you're telling a story, but they're all participating in that story. Mm-hmm. You know, they also kind of control the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, is kind of similar to our one of the articles in issue five on railroading. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy for people who really want to focus on their own writing to railroad the players. But you have to remember that this is a game. And in a in the sense of the game, everyone should be having fun instead of just listening to someone's story. If That's they true. wanted that, they just go read a comic. And it comes full circle. Uh, so another question I wanted to ask, uh, and also what inspired me to reach out for an interview was your uh, comic that you did where you explain uh, the future things that were in store for Rolled and Told. And I just wanted to ask if there was anything you'd like to maybe share about that, like the future of it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to make sure that we get more um, back matter materials in there. Obviously, the the modules are the meat of Mm -hmm. the magazine, but I want to there to be more as we grow. So we'll have like interviews. One of them, I had an interview with um, a store owner who ran a charity event called um, Crit for Compassion. And basically they had a weekend where you could buy buffs to help you in your game. And that money went towards a charity for anti-bullying. And yeah, it was very sweet. And they have, um, four stores and so they got um all of their stores to play roll and told at the same time which was like really really cool because they're like all in different places so to see pictures of each of the stores playing the game was really really cool so we have an interview about that um we have a collective edition coming out in may oh i'm gonna mark that down because i'm really excited to to get something like that and maybe gift it to some people that I know would really love this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the best part of having the single issues is that it's easy to carry around. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, the right kind of trim size. You can put it in your bag and you can take it with you and you have everything that you need right there. Um, but there's also the gaming market of people who want that whole giant collection for mm-hmm their use um and so we're going to be collecting issues zero through six that's all of the adventures whether they're full size or the mini adventures Mm -hmm. Um, all the maps are going to be in there as well and some extras from 
uh, character, original character designs, some original cover designs from the single issues, um, some illustrations of the characters from other artists. Uh, so yeah, and it's it's really nice. I like that it's it's all together. So you have the option if you want to pick it up monthly or if you want to pick it up all at once. That's really cool. And I think a lot of people will like that that, that will look really nice on the shelf with their other D&D books too. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's nice to have them all together, but there is something really helpful about having the option of a single issue as well that you can take with you to your to your campaigns um because car- carrying around a lot of books <laughs> can be especially heavy. when you're a dm <laughs> you have so yeah. many books i know i know so that's why it's like it's good to have both because even if you're running one of the adventures from like issue four you're not going to want to take the entire book with you just take issue four with you <laughs> just nice and easy <laughs> yep Exactly. And so, yeah, it should be really nice. It's a a big boy, too. It's like 300 pages. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make sure to get that on pre-order already because I'm going to I definitely want to grab that. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, February. Let me see. March, April, May. I think in this next uh, previews is when it'll be available for pre-order. Okay. Uh, and for listeners, I think I should say that previews are in your local uh, comic book shop are this big book that they can then order from. So all if you want to grab Rolled and Told the collected volume, just have to go in and find it in there and then or they can help you find it in there and then they can put that on order for you. One last question. We're hoping to make it uh, for the podcast, like when we do interviews, uh, just asking people this question. Who is your favorite female character? Oh, man. (sighs) (laughs) That's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) It is a hard one. So my, okay. So my favorite female anime character is Sailor Venus. My favorite (laughs) My favorite female comic book character is currently a tie between Kamala Khan and Magic. And my favorite female character from Rolled and Told (laughs) is Veska. Although, so in my mind, Veska is non-binary. It's not like completely like out there like that, but anytime anyone uses Vesca in there. I always make sure to say they them. Okay. Um, yeah. So Vesca is one, and then also Flake, who is in my mind genderless. <laughs> <laughs> Flake the Owl is my hero. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so that's I think a lot of uh, what I wanted to cover here. Thank you so much for for talking with us. <laughs> yeah, of course. And there was also one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone should go to rolledandtold.com. It is our accompanying website. So it's going to have all of the maps for each issue. So if you'd like to actually download the map and print it out instead of tearing it out of your book. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that when I was uh, doing research for this interview, I was like, oh, that's so great. (laughs) Yeah, just because I mean... I buy to to use, but I understand some people buy to collect. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you that's don't true. Get <laughs> and, it all messed up. 
Yeah, it's uh, also just uh, extra stuff there, too. I think you guys have mm-hmm. a future interviews uh, tab, if I remember correctly, or something. Yes, yeah. so we'll take an article from that's the single issues that mm-hmm. we want to spotlight, and that's going to go on the website. And it kind of gets people to realize, like, if you want more of this, get the single issue, because you'll have three times as many articles. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we'll have um, web-exclusive stuff. So we've got NPCs that you can use in your campaign however you like. We give them an illustration and a a character sheet in their stat block, and you can just use them however you like. And those are only going to be found on the website. You can't get those printed anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then same thing, we have some instant encounters. So if you're looking for a a short, short game to last you like two to three hours, we'll have those on there as well. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, So once again, that's rolledandtold.com. Well, Thank you so much once again. You're welcome. Wow. Pass, Stephanie. That was really delightful. I feel rolled and told about this <laughs> lovely comic. Aw, thanks. Oh. Also, special thanks to Christina or to Stein Stewart, as uh, she likes to be called, uh, for agreeing to do an interview in the first place. I was really just really happy about that and really honored (laughs) we're delighted to have another female creator all up on this another female dame Mm -hmm. creating dame yep creating great content Mm -hmm. and one that we actively get to see on of our on our shelves not just like in the spinny racks but on our shelves at you know some of our comic book stores that we might happen to frequent speaking of comic book stores i would definitely recommend if this is a product rolled and told sounds interesting to you i would recommend going to your local comic book store and asking them about individual issues Mm -hmm. or also the hardcover that should be coming up in previews and then you can order that oh snaps and the collected hardcover we talked about that in the episode but just want to remind you guys because i really really love that they're doing that so of course before we sign out we got to say special thanks to our awesome sponsors of course our first one is going to be our crazy uncle ben down at 1120 fulton avenue sweet k Drop in for hugs, pugs, hot sauce, comic books, and of course, <gasps> rolled and told. Woo! Woo! And then we've got somebody else to help your uh, your sense. Yes, for your oil factory, we have Quill and Ink Alchemy. They are here to provide you with your fandom-inspired sense and, of course, your D&D character sense. If yes. you want to smell like a ranger, you get that lovely, fresh smell when you're doing your archeries. Mm. You can get that from Quill and Ink Alchemy on the etsy's look them up on google or etsy they will pop up immediately and when you're buying said ranger scent you can also use the code hot dame for 15 percent off your purchases yay and i love that they have mage and rogue and we've cleric right yeah they're the cleric a rogue and i believe it was there was one more missing but it was very scented there was is it somebody else that was also in the (laughs) (laughs) x-men Perhaps this can be your. You can find out which other scent they have available by checking them out. I'm okay with that. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I want to smell like a dragonborn. <laughs> then we can do that. <laughs> we, we can do that. We will talk to them. We will get that done. So, of course, from all of us over here, thank you for stopping in for your first dose into the magic pot of our March Madness to get you some treasures of extra content. This is Amy. You can find me at IJNewRobot on the varying social media platforms. I'm your distracted dame, but today I might be able to just slide it this way and corrective 
I don't know what direction this is, but the direction over this yonder. Uh, you have Stephanie. Uh, you can find me at Dame of the Galaxy on Instagram, and then I'm really excited to be bringing you more content. But I'm gonna lob the ball over to Minnie, and I'm gonna catch that lovely softball because I mean, y'all know why. Wink, wonk. Uh, <laughs> I am your strongest dame. You guys know me as Erminia, but I am also known as Minnie. And you guys can find me at the Dame Eggsoft on the InstaSwams. Thank you guys for listening to our first interview of the podcast. Yeah. Yay. So thanks, guys. And we'll see you on the flip side.